Hi, I'm Mike Dean. You're listening to the Glory Days of Gold, the East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we are back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. And what a patch show we have in store for you tonight. A lot to talk about, a lot of happenings down Bayview Way. We didn't bring out our show last week we were going to bring it out it's not just because we lost a cup tie we were going to do a show but then we heard some murmurs that there was going to be a new appointment made and we thought well we'll wait until that appointment's made and then just logistically we just couldn't get together to to chat about that so we thought let's just do a bumper show next time around covering all those things and we we do have a, a lot to talk about before we get into any of all that though Let's hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. So thanks as always to East Five Community Football Club and to John W. Gilbertson. Give them all the support you can. They've supported us all year. We very much appreciate that. So, a lot to talk about, guys. How how are you feeling? What What's the mood like for you from a black and gold standpoint, Lee? Hashtag Crawball is in. Yes. But when you were going on about Crawball, I thought, oh, he's been to kitties again. But no, it, it's something that you've got catching on. R.I.P. Kitties, by the way. That's still a sensitive subject for me. Is um, Kitties no more? Kitties is no more. I, did, I genuinely did not know that. Yeah, it's, it's closed now. But they actually, obviously, you're in Canada. They, they opened a strip club inside Kitties a few years ago, and they, and they called it Sin. And I always remember, I was like, they have missed the golden opportunity to call that strip club Kitties Titties, and they didn't do it. Oh. You'd have thought some kind of pussy joke as well. You'd have thought so. But no, they didn't take they need, they need one. us to do marketing. That's why they. That's why they've gone then. Pretty much, they ruined it for themselves, to So what's in there now? Probably residual herpes. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably about it, I imagine. I don't think there'll be anything else in there. 
Um, no, I don't think anything's just gone into it yet. I think that they, they're going to do the occasional club night, but nah, they, they binned it. Ah. I should get back over my decks and do my Indigo Violet Indie Night. <laughs> I did one of them. It maybe attracted 12 people, but I, I had fun. That was the main uh, thing. Exactly. So how how are you, Doug? Well travelled man. Um, Just back for I, a brief spell, I believe. Well, I'm I'm away to Spain again on Sunday for a final event before Christmas, and then that's pretty much me. Um, so and then Omnicron enjoy... will wipe everything out for you for next year. <laughs> exactly. I I enjoyed my visit to Baby on Saturday, even though it was absolutely beyond freezing. It was a uh, it was. A good welcome back to sunny Scotland for me. Jesus, <laughs> it was tough going. The club actually offered me the chance to speak to Stevie after the game on Saturday. And I was like, no, I'm too cold. <laughs> 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 I was actually froze at the bone. I was like, no, I'll speak to him. I, I, actually, I actually don't even judge you on that at all. I would totally no. agree. Like I, I had, you know, millions of layers on and just sat there freezing my ass off thinking, what am I doing with life? I, I've got to say, and I know it makes me sound really wussy now, and I've, I've gone soft being over here, but having now had years and years of football getting played over the summer, I, I do wonder, why do we do it? Why do we go with winter football? No idea. No idea. That's what we've always done. I know, but... Because our winters would be shite without football. Well, yeah, well, there is that, I guess. That's for me. It, it would be pretty depressing. Yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm lucky because like out here in the west coast of Canada we don't get a lot of snow, but we got we actually got the the first dusting of snow here in Vancouver this morning, um. But it's hardly anything. Yeah, there would be very little to to do in the winter months, but even just having a little winter break for all the leagues, I, I think would be good, and it would save with the postponements and fixture backlogs and. Yeah, so Michael, I guess the problem is when do you have a winter break? Well, that, that's, that's the, the thing. I would say after Christmas. Like, January seems a good time. Yeah, because... if, you're do a, if you're going to do a month, it's got to be January. Yeah, the only thing is with Scottish weather, you just don't know when it's going to be bad because we well, regularly get snow my birthday, My birthday's at the end of February and almost every year it's snow. Almost mm. every year. So that pushes that. Basically, you know, strap on a pair, get the winter willies on and go and watch frozen football. I don't know why I thought you were going to say like Frozen as in like Disney Frozen. I was like, no. Do you want to build a snowman? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Anyway, Gordon, how so, are you? Yeah, I was going to say, you were a bit under the weather. You missed the game at the weekend. I didn't go to the game this weekend. saw the highlights, um, but I'm feeling a bit crap. I did go up, unfortunately, to Aberdeen to oh. watch uh, the Banks of D game. That was... Yeah, a horrifying experience. It was about minus five. My face was just frozen into a sort of rigor mortis smile position, oh. <laughs> so couldn't even feel it by the end of the game. So that was a. What that was a have you got the Rona, Gordon? Have you got the Rona? No, no, just just one of the colds that's going around. Everyone I know has got coronavirus at the moment. It's crazy. All oh, right, everyone. Well, my brother's whole family, my girlfriend. Everyone he knows, and who's the common link that's been travelling around Europe? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Good point, well made. Pa- patient zero pity over there. 
<laughs> well, let, let's get into the football chat now. And let's start off by talking about Banks of D. And uh, since Gordon were, was up at that, I, I know Lee's shaking his head. He doesn't I don't want, want to. to. I do because I love a cup upset. A cup set. I, I, I was in Spain and I paid 12 euro, well, 12 pounds to watch that. And I've genuinely never been more upset with money I've spent on holiday. And I've been to a lot of really bad strip clubs over the years. It was brutal. Absolutely brutal. And I, now, I actually don't want to relive it. I, I was going to buy the stream because we're going to talk about the game. And then I thought it's going to be off just because the weather was turning. And before I went to bed, folk were like, oh, it's going to be on. I was like, I don't think it is. I'll get up a little bit early. If it's on, I'll buy the stream. Slept through my alarm and thankfully missed the game. Woke up. Saw your guys' messages in the chat, and I was like, oh, fuck, what the hell's happened here? Because I do like a giant killing act, it tempered it a little bit for me, because it was like, ah, it wasn't the worst upset of the weekend, I think. I think Auchinleck beating Hamilton was the bigger upset, if you want to do that. Clyde Bank winning as well was great. But we won't relive the game then. That That's fair. But I do want to talk about a couple of things coming out of it. One of it... What the hell has happened to our proud record? For years, we'd never lost to non-league opposition in the Scottish Cup. The curse of the bee. Three times? The curse of the bee. Oh, it is. I hadn't Broda, planned on that. BSC Glasgow and Banks of the Curse of the bee. I was going to ask you guys what you feel was the worst of those three. Now, obviously, Banks of D is a junior team, but... BSC Glasgow, I think, was probably the worst of those three teams because Banks of D were in form, like unbeaten. And we were obviously meeting them at a terrible time for the club. And I think I should have put money on it because I did fancy Banks of D to win this. But, I mean, Gordon, what, what one of those three defeats is worse for you? And in person, was it really as bad as it kind of came across on the on the stream? Going one up and then like one now and you fucked it up. Yeah, like I think just as a as an actual result, I think the Banks of D one is um no, I wasn't gonna say the the, the BSC Glasgow one is the worst because mm. we were at home, I think we were three one up. Yeah. We managed to lose four. Yeah, three one and we fucked it up. At least Banks of D was away from home. Um and they're not a bad team. Like I know they're in ugh, whatever league they're in and they were junior last year and that, but I think even before the game, the general consensus is they're like a good Highland League team. Like they'd be up near the top of the Highland League, and they didn't look bad. Um, you know, it was it was a, a really poor result to lose to them. But they're not they're not a pub team. They were shocking, uh, Gordon. We made them look good. They were it's not all, a good it's all, it's all relative, though. Like that's um, often said know, about folk in the Highlands. Brora were not a good team. <laughs> BSC Glasgow were not a good team. It depends. If you're looking at it as a league from League Two, yeah, they're not as good as the teams we usually play. But I think a lot of people would think, oh, it's tier six, like it's below the Highland League. That means they're like utter guff. But they're, you know, I think they would be a kind of upper Highland League team. So it's no, you know, going away and losing to them away from home. It's a bad result, but it's not. It's not like we got beat by a pub team. Um, I think, and and being away, it's a little bit more forgivable for me than the like the BSC, mm. and the Brora, maybe even the Brora game. But I think we're just used to it now. Like that Brora game, I mean, like that's a record gone. I've never seen us lose to a non-league team. 
feel terrible about that. But uh, the Banksy D game, there's a part of me that you're almost expecting it. Like, you've seen it before, so it kind of loses a bit of the kind of pain to it, definitely. I, I genuinely was expecting it. I mean, Doug, out of those three, do you agree BSC was the, the most embarrassing or the worst of that? No, uh, Are they all bad? No, I mean, they're, they're all bad. I, I would say that is effectively the worst result in East Vice history against Banks O'Day, as in lowest-ranked team. I think it was maybe Ely that said, I can't be bothered putting an F. I don't know who it was. Someone, <laughs> you know, if you can't be bothered just spelling Banks of D, then you're a pub team. So Yeah, because you've got an, a, a little apostrophe. It's but not, it's like, yeah, it's not, why it's not, not just queen, use the F? It's not Queen of the South. Do you know what I mean? They're a proper football team. Um, I mean, I, I was in Spain watching Jeff and the boys with a multitude of... Uh, nationalities and and I was getting abused beyond belief about the fact we were getting beat by a team called Banks O apostrophe D. That's so fair. no I think that I think that's the worst. I, I got copied into a, a giant killing Twitter account that was like, oh big upset in the Scottish Cup. Sorry AFD in Canada. And it's like fuck <laughs> whether you're gonna ask me or not, um I, I think was. it's the, the the worst result in our history. And do you want to know what was the worst part about it? is the manner in which we lost. That was, and I've watched some turgid shite over the years as an East Fife fan, and that was the turgid of performance I've ever seen. Um, no gut, no will, the sendings off, um, you know. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask about the Dun Dunsey yeah, one. The, the, it's Dun like, the Dunsey one was... I don't think it was a red. I don't think it was a red, but he gave the, the ref the decision to make, and... The, the crowd know, got him sent off, and yeah. fair play to them. It's like, yeah, if you can influence well, they, they the ref, they raised him right up, and he bit, yeah, big time. And then Mercer's one, I, I actually think is worse. I was livid at his because it was just sheer stupidity. And for somebody in Mercer's experience to behave like that, I hope they both got fined. Mm. I really do hope they both got fined because that was outrageous. Semple took his goal really well. Yeah. Um, definitely took his goal well. Apart from that, we created nothing. Um, you know, we, we literally... The, the first goal is as bad as a goal you'll concede at any level. And that that was literally... You know, you say we didn't lose to a pub team, but that was a pub team goal to concede. Um, and then the second one, you, you know, it's a set piece and, and you see it coming. But even from the the lineup that, that Frail sent out, I was a bit like... This really doesn't fill me with confidence, and you know, apparently that's why Frail decided not to stay on. Um, yeah, someday at the club, he basically said, "I've got to take my responsibility um, for the club's position as well, and the way that I set up the team against Banks of D was wrong, and I've got to accept responsibility for that." So he left. Um, so fair, fair play to him, but you know, I've I've said it on on Twitter, and I, I think that generally, like, look. Somebody tagged me in a tweet saying, you know, it's a different conductor, but the same orchestra playing the same shitty tune. And look, there's definitely no ways about that. But Dan has got to accept responsibility for, for building this team. And he's also got to accept responsibility for a lot of the goals that we conceded in the manner that we did. But one thing that Stevie Frail, and I've got this written in my notes, and I was going to put it to you, and I actually think that he's hitting the nail on the head, is we've got a dressing room full of nice guys. And he's emphasised nice. And even when I was watching the Alawa game, we don't commit clever fouls and we haven't done for years. 
Like when somebody's like breaking away, you know, your instincts like just trip him or pull his shirt back and give a, a free kick away and get take the yellow card on the halfway line rather than letting them break and score. You know, Alba did it to us a few times on Saturday and I'm just like, that's just clever football. And I, I wonder if our dressing room is too nice because my concern is after that Banks of D game was there was nobody in there going ape shit at other players. There was no nobody having a go at each other. There was, there's no that, what's, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but just everybody's just all pals act. Whereas could you imagine a Stephen Tweed in that dress room or a Johnny Smart or a Bobby Lynn or a Kevin Fotheringham or any of these players who just would not suffer that sort of shite performance being churned out. Yeah, because that, that was embarrassing. And normally you talk about that manager gets sacked and teams, they, they have a reaction, either because they want to go out and show to the, the former manager, let's do it for him, let's, let's show him what we could do or for themselves or to impress people that's watching. But you then go out and your your reaction to your manager getting beat is to put in one of one of your worst performances of the season, and uh, arguably the worst performance of the season or of any East Five team ever. And I don't say that lightly. Mm. You know, I've I've been there for for some really heavy defeats. You know, some really really bad performances. But that that is for me the worst performance and the worst result of our history. In my opinion. Because I, I initially, if we had done the show last week, I was going to start off with blurs, this is a low, just kind of coming in as a song. And then I thought, is it really a low, the lowest of the low? Because we've, we've been near the foot of the bottom tier before. We had the Gavin Murray years, we had the Derek Brown years. That's kind of lows. But in terms of, of how we feel just now, yeah, it, I mean, it's not great. What what I, I, I thought Stephen Freel was really classy this week Gordon in the way that that he departed and he took training on Tuesday and helped Stevie Crawford kind of fit in I, I think once you saw how that team played it was pretty obvious Stephen Freel wasn't going to be the guy to take it forward and there was lots of rumours last weekend he didn't want the job anyway um, like other work commitments and stuff I don't know how much of that was the case but I thought he left very classily by putting his hands up and saying look I am partly responsible for this and I, I think in himself he he felt he didn't have what it take, took to get the best out of the squad that we've got Yeah it's, it's fair enough because a lot of people you know a lot of people are not honest about that if he's genuinely thought like I'm I'm not the guy I don't think I can turn this around so I'm not going to pretend that I am um, I think you kind of have to applaud folk for taking that it is a kind of honest and a sort of classy position to take um i think i would i think he's probably right like whether it's whether it's because he can't focus on it fully or whatever you know he has been around for a while and i think you know like lee was saying you look at the you look at the lineup against banks and you look at the performance and to me that you know the big thing and you know i i guess we will talk about this in the aloe game the substitutions the sub, you know, there wasn't that many East Fife fans there, but some of the substitutions you could just, you know, you could almost hear people going, "What the fuck is that? Like, what?" They were really, really poor, um, and you know that, that, that's that been our issue for a while. Like under Young been, and Befrail, it's like yeah. we we don't react well. Yeah. We're not proactive a lot of the time. Um, subs subs changed the game against Alloa, and our subs were utterly. Terrible against Banks of E, um, and so yeah, I think 
it's one game, all the rest of it. But on the evidence of that, Stevie Frill is not the guy that we needed. Um, and the fact that he's held his hands up and agreed with that is fair enough. I mean, after that game, Doug, I mean, when we spoke, when Darren had gone, we're like, we need to not rush into this, make sure we go with the right guy for the job. But after that game, I had changed my tune entirely. I was like, get someone in ASAP. We need to steady the ship with the right person. Stevie Crawford is the man that the board have picked. It's early days. You don't know if he's the right person. You've got to give him time. But when you heard he was coming back to the club, he left in 2010. So he's been away for over a decade. And in that time, he's he's been an assistant um, in Scotland, down in England, sadly with MK Dons as a AFC Wimbledon trust holder. When I speak to Stevie, I will obviously berate him for that and be wearing my my AFC Wimbledon kit. But like he's he's learned, he's been at Hearts as an assistant. He then came back to Dunfermline. What was your thought when it was Stevie that was announced as as the new coach? Well, I mean, I think the first thing was for me, it was vital that it was someone completely out with what's been going on. Yeah. So you know, while the sort of heart thing of the Kevin Smith type idea, I just think I think that was like putting up a wee white flag and saying we're done um, to be totally honest I wasn't like completely overjoyed but at the same time I wasn't unhappy with that I think I've said it before in here Crawford's first spell was probably some of the best football I've seen his five play in my time as watching him, he was just we were just so defensively naive at the time um, and yeah, obviously he's gained a lot more experience, as you say. So, you know, I'm, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, jumping for joy, but equally, even having gone on Saturday, I liked what I saw. There was lots of really good points, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, and yeah, we've just got to, we've just got to hope that we can just string a couple of results together and just at least get ourselves back in touch. And then, and then who knows? But no, I'm, uh, as I say, not ridiculously overjoyed, but certainly not unhappy. The thing is, Lee, it's not a sexy appointment. So it's not like a big name, like a Kenny Miller coming in or something that would generate all this publicity. At the same time, though, the position that we're in, we don't need a guy like, say, Kevin Smith get his first shot in management. It's got to be somebody that had experience. And like looking at, at what he's done, so I kind of jotted down just the, the last 10 years or, or of Stevie as a manager. So he was appointed at East Fife in April 2009 when, when Bakey resigned and he got the job permanently the, the next month. He had the full 2009-10 season and then he resigned in October 2010. So he had 60 games in charge at East Fife, 15 wins, 17 draws, 28 losses. So that's just a 25% win record. So you look at that and you're like, sh- should he be coming back? But since then, was an assistant at Falkirk, an assistant at Hearts under Robbie Nielsen. Went down with Robbie Nielsen to MK Dons. He had two years in charge at Dunfermline. 88 games in charge there. 37.5% win percentage. 33 wins, 21 draws, 34 goals against. Then he took a little bit of time away. And it was interesting, he said in his post-game thing after Aloha that he took time away because he felt if he couldn't, be 100% committed and 100% the best manager that he could be, then he didn't feel that he he should do that. 
And then he, he came back into the game as Gary Naismith's uh, assistant at Edinburgh City. And now he's felt this is the time to, to get back into management. This is a different Stevie Crawford we're going to see in charge of the club as than we did at 10, 11 years ago, which is a, a time I don't really remember that well because I'd moved over here. I hadn't been watching. East 5 TV wasn't a, a live thing then and there was just the odd highlights here and there. What do you remember of Stevie from his first time around? And how? what does he need to have changed in, in that time? I'll, I'll come back to your, your earlier point. I'm happy with the Crawford appointment, personally. I think that as, as available manager's goal, um, he was probably one of the best. And I, I think I touted him quite early on that mm-hmm. he would probably be one of the most sort of realistic performances. Like, I know that Kenny Miller did apply. I've, I've seen and heard, you know, pretty much from the horse's mouth that he was interested in the role. And, you know, then some, I think it was Graham Mackay actually reminded me on Saturday that only lasted about three games at Livingston and got yep. punted. Um, so then I was like, oh, I didn't actually think about that. So, you know, the, the board, the only thing that, that concerns me about the Crawford appointment is that there was a lot of candidates. And from what I hear, they didn't interview anybody. Ah. So... Because the the rumours going about before he was appointed is it had been narrowed down to him or Jim Weir. Yeah. And out of those two, I go with Crawford because Jim yeah. Weir's not done anything. And when he's been in relegation battles, his teams have gone down. So yeah. that wasn't like instilling a lot of faith or confidence in me. Gordon's a stat also. He could probably correct me if I'm wrong. But I think the last time that, that Craw was here, we were in the bottom two when Bakey resigned. And Craw kept us up. I'm sure he kept us up. Um, some somebody will maybe correct me otherwise. Was, but I'm sure. was that the season where we went to our broth and drew on the last day? Yeah, to stay up. Yeah, ah. I think it was. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he kept us up the last time. I I I will still say I don't see us finishing bottom. Um, I think that particularly after what I saw on Saturday, I liked the change in the dynamic of the football that we played. I think that I've spoken to a few Dunfermline fans. They loved Crawford. Um, I think that there was obviously a few people that had been hounding him out, but Jesus Christ, Darren Young was getting hounded out after having us finished fifth in the league last year. But, um, you know, there's... there's well, Bakey be... was getting hounded out after winning the championship with us. Yeah. And it's... So that, that's just football in, in its nature. But, you know, a lot of the Dunfermline fans said that they, they didn't like him because he was too defensive. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's maybe what we need. Um, but... It depends who he brings in as his assistant, really. Um, it'll be interesting to see who, who that is. Um, because and I, I'd like that to be a fresh person. I know folk have said, get Kev Smith in as the number two. You, you need fresh eyes at this point. Like, make Kev a coach if you want, but you need, to, like, the number two needs to be yeah. fresh eyes. I'd also, like, you talked about nice guys and stuff. Stevie Crawford's got a reputation for being a, a nice guy. Nice and a, guy. So maybe you, maybe you need a bit of a bastard in as the number two. What's the was Stevie Tweed and Burton Boss. No, we don't want him anywhere near Eastlake. Um, the, the talk was maybe like a Jason Dare will probably join him because he's tended to have no. something to do, but maybe not. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I would like someone. Well, I you're meaning no, as and it's not happening. No, no, I, I, I don't fancy Dare, but it's funny because I can't remember who it was that texted me, like, oh, who do you think he's going to be um, bringing in? And I just put in a text, I was like, coming up, coming up. Coming up, it's there. <laughs> no, no brother's reference. Do I need to do my best Sean Ryder? Coming up, coming oh. up. 
it's there. Come on, Michael, you're a bit of a musician or a musical fan at least. Yeah, I've There's seen the Happy there. Mondays loads. Yeah, exactly. But they do say if you've seen a Happy Mondays gig and you can remember it, you went at a Happy Mondays gig. Yeah, well, there is that. Like I say, I, I would like to see somebody come in that's going to maybe just like lift us a bit. I, it, for me, like a, a lot of these five fans around me on Saturday were a bit like dug a bit ambivalent towards the, the call for the appointment. I think it's a good one. Um, I think he'll, he'll take us to the playoffs and keep us up. That's my prediction now. Um, call it. <sighs> Ignorance, call it you know, black and gold tinted specs, call it whatever you want. But I think that you've got to get behind the manager. Um, in terms of what I think that Crawford needs to have changed, just making us a little bit tighter at the back. Um, but from what I've seen on Saturday, granted, a really another individual error um, <laughs> on Saturday, but hopefully he could maybe bring in some reinforcements in winter just make us that little bit tighter um, I think we could do it obviously we were missing Aaron Steele on Saturday and I thought he was a big miss missing Ryan Wallace again a big miss good to see Ross Davidson back on Saturday as well I think we're screaming out for Danny Swanson to come back and yeah. if all these things start to, to fall into place then hopefully if, 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 I, I imagine somebody like Stevie Crawford will really bring the best out of Danny Swanson Yeah that crossed my mind when I, I was watching his post game interview and I, I think Listening to Stevie post-game filled me with a, a lot of hope and like all respect to Darren, his post-game interviews, it wasn't something that made you want to I run know. through a wall. I know every week. I know. I don't want that in. Sorry. We, we were unlucky. I mean, the man's the barely breaks. cold. For I know. Sake, and he, and Lee's mocking him. It's... So I did that when he was there, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did, actually. But you want a coach that when you hear him talk, you went, yeah, I want to play for him. I, I'd run through a wall for him. And like a, a great example is over here, the Whitecaps sacked their coach, uh, as I spoke about a few months ago, and they, they put a guy in that had had no head coaching experience, really. He's Italian, and he's so charismatic, and just he's infectious. Not in a, a Doug Perry travelling around Europe kind of way, but <laughs> you listen to him and you would you would do anything that he told you to do. And now he's got the he's got the job beating out more experienced candidates because he lifted the team. And I'm not saying that that Stevie Crawford's that kind of personality, but listening to him post game, he he spoke about Gordon that going into this game. It's like baby steps. So the first thing that he's tasked is he wants to get into ninth place. And he didn't want that gap between them and Clyde and ninth to, to get bigger. So he achieved that. And I think that's what he needs to do. He needs to set these small goals and these small targets. And goal number one is you get out of the automatic relegation. You get into ninth. If that's as high as we go, then at least we've given ourselves a fighting chance in the playoffs. If you can get to eighth, Hallelujah, the job has been done for this year and, and you build going forward. So I, I like that he's doing it slowly. Getting him in now, he's got the whole month to look at what he's got. And he he spoke about, he had a look at them in training and what needed to get done. And then some guys that had been regular starters didn't start at the weekend uh, against Alloa. 
because he felt the way that he wanted to line up the team. It was nothing about their performances per se, but he just wanted to see what he could get out of these guys. I'm sure he learned a lot from that game against Aloha, especially on the defensive side. And like Gordon, you spoke about when he was here before, it was a bit defensive naivety. Then you've got Dunfermline fans saying, oh, he was too defensive. That's great. That's what we need just now. If we are going to get out of this mess, we've got to stop shipping goals. We've got to stop shipping stupid goals. And the goal we gave up against Aloha was ridiculous. The guy just walked through with two guys around him and not, not a challenge going in. Yeah, I think I haven't heard the interview, uh, the post-game interview with Crawford, but I think what you're saying, you know, the baby steps thing. For me, you know, what we need right now, and it looked like this is exactly what we did against Aloha. It's like, right... We're a team that's struggling. We're a team that is, you know, we look low in confidence. We're conceding silly goals. It's like number one, be difficult to beat. That's it. You you, you concentrate on that first. You worry about the other stuff later. You know, you, you get your defence solid. You get a solid midfield. You get a kind of system that works. You get everyone working towards that. Um, that's got to be the first thing. Um, and if you know if you're not creating many chances and you're not playing great football, fine. That that kind of comes later. But you're not gonna you're not gonna move up the the league if you're easy to beat. And we have been easy to beat for a long, long time. So that's what it is. I mean, particularly the first half. Um, you know, we were playing very defensively. To me, um, we were letting Aloha have the ball. Didn't really care. They can pass the ball along their back line as much as they want. But we looked like we were trying to be tough. Um, and that's that's what we've been crying out for. Um, and it is weird, because my, my impression of Stevie Crawford from his first spell, his five is very cavalier. We were playing great football, great attacking football, leaking goals at the back. Um, and to hear that Dunfermline fans thought he was overly defensive, it's a bit weird. I mean... Ideally, as a manager, you don't want someone who's an extreme. You know, you want someone who's able to kind of, you know, bring out both parts of the game. Um, and ho- hopefully, that's kind of where he's got to over the past ten years. Because well, yeah, cause someone... that, that was his first coaching appointment, and he's oh, gone yeah. from being a striker to a coach. So you're going to bring an attacking thing. It's like if you if you put a defensive midfielder as your head coach, and it's his first coaching appointment, what he knows is defensive stuff. Yeah, that's what they know. That's what their instincts are. That's what they're good at. And, you know, he came to his five as a player and then mm. ended up manager when Bakey went. Um, you know, it was it was his first job, but obviously, you know, he was inexperienced then and he has got a lot more experience now. And I think sometimes people in football and football fans are a wee bit, you know, it's like, oh, you didn't do well once at this job eight years ago. Oh, don't want you. But it's like in the real world, you know, sometimes People fail in one thing, learn, get better. So I am absolutely sure that Stevie Crawford, you know, thinks of himself and is a better manager than he was 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, particularly on the defensive side of the game, um, it kind of sounds like that's that's maybe something that he's kind of improved on. And, you know, if his natural instincts, he was obviously a striker, if, if that's his natural instincts, then maybe he's got to kind of rein that in a wee bit. You know, hopefully that will come a bit later. If you have a look at the two people he's been assistant manager under now, I mean, Gary Naismith and Robbie Nielsen, both 
natural defenders, you'd hope that he's picked some sort of tactical nous about how to tighten yourself up at the back. So mm-hmm. um, you've got to just kind of hope that that's what he's learned. But equally, what I'm hoping is that he could be chapping on Nielsen's door in January going, give me your best youth players. Well, yeah, because Gordon Let's get Ewan Henderson. Well. I know. Ewan Henderson, we tried to get before the window shut, but obviously went to Barry instead. Uh, well, I, think, like, I, think, I think for me, the bottom line, if, if you're coming into a team that's, let's face it, staring relegation in the face, you've got to make yourself hard to beat. Simple as that. And it, like, just, I mean, the first half on Saturday, for a lot of people around me who maybe couldn't get past the fact that we were extremely negative, to be totally honest with you, which I was absolutely, I loved that first half, genuinely loved it. Just simple We, we were quite under the cosh, though. I mean, we, we rode yeah, our luck without, a little bit. But no, not really. I, I didn't see it like that. They just, struggled to break oh. us, they just struggled to break us down. But then, I, so I, to be fair, I've only seen the highlights. So the way the highlights yeah. were edited, it made it look like Alawa were all over yeah. us. We pressed Alawa so well. He played us very so narrow. Played us very narrow. And as soon as they sent a half pass it into the right back, he's, I mean, he was screaming at Denham, who I thought work rate was phenomenal, to just get, like, instantly close him down. Then Murdoch would go into wee Scoogle, who's obviously a dangerous wee player. And they did that both sides of the pitch. And the front, Smith and Watt just had to run their arse off. And to be fair, you know, didn't have much going forward. But I thought defensively we were very good. And I think what... Our problem when you're bottom of the league is you're not in enough football games. So it, this mm. season, I reckon one in four games would have been in the game with 20 minutes to go. Three of the four would have been three or four nil down. At least that way you're in the game and you've got a chance to nick points. And, you know, that's all you can do. I mean, for me, I mean, you might disagree, Lee. If the semi-off didn't happen, we, we'd probably lose that game. But I saw enough still to think with a little bit of creativity added, We've got we've got a real chance. I'm um, also also if the game had gone on another three or four minutes, we'd have won. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 Mercer I, hasn't finished the last two games great, sending off in one of them, blasting over the bar in this one. Oh, the, the, I, I'm the, being a bit blasting over the bar yeah. is harsh. I know. I mean, he's surrounded by bodies, and the, the way I said it to to Isla, who was sitting there, is that it was almost like getting fanny fright. He just went, oh, just bellowed it. Um, but, oh, I, don't, um, I don't know that phrase. That's not never something I've no. had any fear with. Um, I find that hard to believe, but we move. Um, on, on Saturday, I'll be honest with you, I thought that there was enough momentum with us going forward, even before this ended off, because, I mean, the reason, that if you think about how many uh, fills that Connell was drawing, we were getting closer and closer and closer. I, I'll be honest with you, I've seen us scoring all day long, even before the inevitable goal we got. I thought that Semple and Connell, when they came on, were absolutely brilliant. But I also equally want to praise Crawford for those substitutions because I think that that was part of his game plan, was tire the back four out and then just absolutely, with Semple and Connell, just drive them insane. And that's exactly what they did. Connell was shithouse that he is. Excellent. I absolutely love it. Um, so hopefully he keeps that up. Two goals in two games for Semple means he has to start on Saturday for me. Mm. Um, you know, you, you play your strikers when they're on form, get him in. Um, he's got to start. Um, although he does have the strangest body shape I think I've ever seen of a player, but he does seem to know how to utilize that body very, very well. Um, I thought that yeah, this, the first half, like Doug sort of alluded to, you know, I don't think it was a bad half of football at all. I think that. 
we you know craw ball was in full effect that you know we just pressed the ball really well I heard more from from Crawford in 45 minutes than I have from Darren all year and I sit in the same seat every week I was and just going to say because like I was going to when you finished I was going to say Duncan I go back to a point you made you heard the manager yelling yeah no but also Lee just before you carry on you, you heard everyone yelling Chris yep. Higgins was oh. yelling there was loads of encouragement and that yeah. That's obviously been one of the first things you said is if you're quiet on the pitch with no chance because he yeah. was very vocal and the players were very vocal and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Like Doug said, he was like, he was like you know, Denham, get in, get in, get in. Um, it was just, it was, it was great. I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, although the rumour mill was going to start going a wee bit when I walked into Bayview and seen Tony McMahon on the on the pitch warming up the players, I was like, you Judas, Tony, you Judas, dude, how, can, how dare you do that to Darren? But um, those rumours were quickly quelled when I came in and I was like, oh, he's just helping Stevie out today because he's nobody's assistant manager yet. So we'll need to... Or, or has he? And that's the announcement. Hmm, maybe. We'll see. No, I, I honestly don't think that no. Darren, uh, Tony would do that to Darren at all. But like I say, I think the second half, first half, there was great... Um, stuff to take um, from both halves and you know we, we move on to Saturday it's another game that you're looking at going six pointer um, we don't seem to get much up um, at Peterhead and obviously their managers very experienced and I'll have them drilled well but equally we've got a good experienced manager now it'll be interesting to see what the outcome of the game is I, I thought I thought as we touched on at the start though the goal was such a terrible goal to lose. You know, when you're, like, just no communication between goalie, Mercer, and Higgins, Daniel, in brackets. Just the three of them just left it to each other, and oh, just, it was so poor, really annoying. Yeah, no um, one put a foot in. I just, it was like they didn't know he was there, and I, I, I sometimes wonder a wee bit with Smith whether he is vocal enough at the back. I don't know if he generally is, because that's where a goalie should be screaming, saying, you know, oh, by the way, there's a guy right in between you that neither of you have looked at. Uh, probably a shortened version of that and a little louder. Um, I, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask the two of you because you, you're obviously there and saw the whole game, what you thought of, of Jude's performance because the, the first half, his positioning at that free kick that crashed off the post, he was lucky there, but then he came up with a big save at the start of the second half that... Without that, if they'd scored then and then got another second, it's like we're dead and buried right away. But is he, is, is he the guy then that needs to, to lead this team forward or should we be looking at, at getting an, an experienced goalkeeper in the transfer? No, I'm, I'm happy enough with Jude. I think that you've got to remember the fact that he's age. He's so young. He's going to make mistakes. Um, you know, it's not like, you know... We've got a great, well, I, I say great. We've got an experienced goalkeeper, an under twenty-one internationalist at the back who genuinely looked like he could go to China and no catch COVID. So, I think that you could bring in, unless we're going to bring in somebody like Neil Parry or or somebody like that, so like a real experienced keeper, then there's no need to change. I think giving Jude the chance to to develop, you know, he's got Lindsay Hamilton who looks like he's still going to be there. Um, Lindsay will be the, a, a great person to, uh, to tutor him through his career. I'm sure he wasn't happy about his position at the free kick, but you know, it, it did, you know, you've got to look at a didn't one. Yeah. So he takes that and goes right. Okay, next time I win, he stands so far away from it, and he'll change his position. And he, he's a 
excellent shot stopper, but I kind of agree that he's maybe not great at commanding his box, but he's still young. There's plenty of time for him to learn. I wouldn't change but, him. But I think, Leah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I wouldn't change it at all. But the only positive I can take from that free kick, I mean, I said to the guy next to me, I was like, he'll shoot here because he's so far away from that front post. But he's only edging that way to try and come and collect across or, you know, have the position to do that. So that's slightly positive. But he, he definitely got away with that there. But no, look, if it's between him and Gallagher, I think we're all in agreement at the moment. It's Smith's got the jersey and there's no reason why he would get, you know, change it. The only thing that gives me the fear with Jude, and I want you to cast your eye on it as well, see when we're up the park, it gives me flashbacks in Marshall at the Euros with how high he's up. And it's gonna it's gonna hurt us this season. I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. No, That's it, just a modern it, goalkeeper thing, though. Eh? Yeah, you know, like it. Loads of them do that. There's no international footballers in League One. Nobody's nobody's pinging one in from their side of the halfway line. No, I mean, if they, if they do, Lee, I will buy you. We'll have a night out, and I'll pay for the whole night out. Perfect. That's fine. That works for me. Smith Smith had a good game yesterday. Ah, you can, ah, you can pick up things about. Yeah, maybe, maybe his communication wasn't what it should have been for the goal, and he almost got caught out. But you know, to be too much, they're not they're not major things. I think um, we've had worse goalkeeping performances this season from Gallagher. <laughs> yes. So I mean, the the one all draw got us a point, steadied the ship, got Crawford the chance to to look at a number of things. Looking at the table. We're still five points adrift to Clyde in ninth, but really we're six points adrift of Peterhead in seventh. So, as you said, it makes this game next week absolutely massive. And when you look at how we finished the year, Falkirk at home, which, I don't know, that we've got a chance there. They're in disarray just now as well. They've just sacked their manager. And then we finished the year with the league leaders, Cove Rangers. So I kind of feel maybe just write that one off but spank them last time spank them not at at Cove we'll beat them at Cove yeah and and I'm going so yeah oh well there we go so so that's we're going to finish with nine nine points for this season what that's on Boxing Day isn't it yeah yeah you brave brave man I know but I've I've talked to my poor girlfriend into going she hates football She's going to hit it even more after that nine minutes as well. <laughs> Let's go to an, an industrial estate in Aberdeen to watch Cove versus East yeah, but, from but, Boxing Day. You know, it's we, not the first time he's taken her to an industrial estate, I'm sure. Well, that's where I found her. Yeah. We've got a, <laughs> we've, we've got a lovely lovely hotel up there. I think it's pronounced Premier Inn or something along those oh. lines. I mean, I mean it's, it's a premier to? hotel. I mean, it's in the Absolutely. title. Some of the comfiest pillows, apparently. <laughs> well... Hopefully you won't be biting them after the game. The the Peterhead game. Just out of anger. Stop on sure, sure. some, some of the tastiest pillows you'll get in Britain. <laughs> is, is that a goose feather? Le, Lenny Henry has tested them all out, personally. So, Peter, let's get back to some sanity here. Peterhead, next week, away. Obviously, our away form has been absolute gash. No. What What does Craw need to do to set this team up for success in Peterhead next week? 
and for away games going forward. We've been trying to get our finger on what what's wrong with our, our away form for two years now, and we haven't found an answer. Can Craw do it in the space of a couple of weeks, Gordon? Yes. Oh. Sorry, Gordon was the shout. For me, I, I think it's similar to the Aloha game. It just keep it tight, you know, focus on not not giving too much away, not giving them too much space. And as the game goes on, you know, if, if sort of try and be a bit more adventurous, kind of see how it goes, I would think that we will at least start off looking to be quite solid, similar similar to the first half at Aloha. Concentrate on sticking in the game, not conceding, see what you can get, and then, you know, see how the game goes and react to it. I think that's... That's what we did on Saturday. It worked. And I think a bit more of the same. I mean, maybe, I don't know whether we'd be a little bit more adventurous because you might say, well, Peter Hedder may be worse than Aloha, but we are away from home. Um, you know, it's a game that would be fantastic to win. But I think it's, you know, let's, let's not get carried away. Let's not lose the head. Let's kind of concentrate on keeping it tight. And, yeah, I'd take a draw right now. Just to... A draw would not be a bad result. I'd take draws for the end of the season. I think that would see us safe. I don't think that a draw's enough, to be honest. Um, so it would be the party pooper. I would take an ugly, grisly, awful to watch 1-0. Um, I think that that's what we're probably needing to do and is win and win ugly um, rather than try and play sexy, expansive football um, and lose the game comprehensively. Like Peter Head have got some really good players. The boys, Scott Brown, for them, is class. You know, Derek Lyle at 99 years old can still come on and, and add something to the game. Um, you've got Cy Ferries, a decent player. So they've, they've definitely got, I said decent, I didn't say it was good. Um, and just think we can get more nautical puns in this weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I would take a 1 0 um, game, definitely. I, I, I don't think that's the most intelligent thing you've ever said, Lee. I think every Spy fan on the planet would take a 1 0 one. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be too upset with a draw. Obviously, it's a game we need to, but we we just can't afford to lose that because you get more and more detached, and it's early days yeah. in the the crawry. I think his game plan will be exactly the same because it. I mean, especially away from home, if you can frustrate and frustrate and frustrate the home team, the home team's fans. Because even like Hallow fans, if you read Pine Bovril, they're like, oh, "We just passed about, we couldn't go anywhere." Basically, for me, it was because there was nowhere to go. Because our yeah. our setup was so good, and I think if you can do that away from home, you'll really the home fans will start getting agitated because it, I mean it's tough to watch. To be it was relatively tough to watch at times on Saturday. My only thing would be, I'd love a couple of tweaks. I mean, my guess with the fact they had Watt and Smith kind of up front was that he trusted them to do the defensive job, which they did. So if you could. If you could straight swap them for Connell and Semple with doing the defensive job, but also adding that little bit of creativity would be great. Midfield, Lee and I, that three for defensively is fantastic, but just nothing pushes you forward really with um, Davidson, Newton and who's the other one? Miller. Miller. Miller, correct. Um, so little tweaks, but that that will happen with time under cross rain. I would say so. I, I wouldn't think it'll be massively different to Saturday there, and I would be quite happy with that. 
I mean, it might be a case as well, because obviously Connell and Semple are, are young guys, and um, the modern-day striker has to put in defensive shifts. It might just be Crawford wants a little bit of time working with him and explaining what he's looking for, and then he, he gets a chance to put them in at this weekend. The way that this weekend can play out, there there's an ideal glass-half-full scenario, and there's a horrible glass-half-empty. So the, the best scenario is East Fife beat Peterhead. If Clyde were to beat Alloa, because they're going to Alloa, that would move them level with Alloa on 20 points. But it brings Alloa right back into the mix. And then we're just five points off sixth. And then you've got more teams to kind of go for. Because I, I think as long as it's looking like just a battle with ourselves and Clyde, that's dangerous. Because you've only got one team to try and like snare in the more teams that you've got to go through a horrible spell of games I think makes it better for us but but I think there's only one point between Peterhead Dumbarton and Clyde I mean because I was I, th- I was thinking yeah, the same. I'm, I'm concentrating on Clyde but I was like actually Peterhead and Dumbarton aren't you know they're only one point further up for me you know just Aloha beat Clyde Aloha you can stay out of it those are the three teams you know we need to catch two of them for me, that's that's what I'm looking at. Well, the, the worst case scenario is we lose to Peterhead and Clyde do beat Aloha and then we oh. really are cut adrift. Yeah. And that's going to make I mean, it tough. The, the, the Clyde one's so funny because it's literally like we said at the start of the season, they are pish and they've got David Goodwill. Scores yeah. another two. He's top goal scorer in the league for the team that's second bottom and rubbish. Literally, if he, I mean, if, if he got injured now and ruled out for the end of the season, we would they would definitely finish bottom. Like I have no doubt about it whatsoever. But as I say, with him playing every game, I, I'm more thinking about Dumbarton and Peterhead. I just he, he's going to score so many goals that I, I think he'll do enough to if, at least get them ninth. If it goes to eight points, I think we're done. Personally, um, I think the eight points is probably a step too far. I think that. If we can keep it at five and pick up, because one thing that we've not been great at this year is picking up draws, whether mm. win or lose. If we just start cutting down our, you know, our defeats to draws and then picking up the wins on the way that we're getting them, then I think that we do comfortably finish ninth or maybe even eighth. Because Dumbarton, when they came to us, I, mean, <laughs> I know they were missing Buchanan and, and McGeever, but they were brutal. Even Clyde's, you know, every time I've seen them this year have been brutal. It was the way that we were set up against Clyde away that cost us the, the points there. Um, you know, Airdrie at home, I thought we were decent. I, I, I think that the change in manager is going to help. I think that we'll win on Saturday. I don't know why. Call it stupid optimism, whatever you want. I think that we'll grind the result out on Saturday. And with that sort of new manager change, we're going to just start seeing a little bit of momentum. But again, it could be black and gold tinted glasses. Yeah, it's a huge, huge game for Crow. I mean, when we do get a chance to speak to him, one of the first things that I do want to ask him is what what was it about taking this on that appealed to him? Because you've been out of management for a while and then all of a sudden you decide you want to be in a relegation fight. So he obviously had seen something that he felt... Or, or, or you just answered your own question. That Why he'd did been you out... take a job when you've been out of the game yeah. for a while? I'm sure he was on a decent enough wage at Edinburgh City that it's not money. I know, but I, I think a guy like Crawford's got to keep, if there's opportunities, he's got to keep taking them because he's... He said he said he had chances to get back in already. 
I'm sure he would have been offered the Cowden job. I'm sure he's been offered probably a couple other ones. And by the way, had, had the Falkirk job come up first, he may even have fancied that as well. Mm. And, I mean, and, there's an argument that you can see these five job right now is a little bit of a win-win. Like, if you come in and keep us up, like, you're a hero. You've done a fantastic job. You're a genius. What a difference you've made. If you get us relegated, it's not your fault. You know, you, you basically That's get to fair. start again in League Two. And what a lot of guys will think is, I could get his fife up after a year or two. So I either keep us up or I go down, don't get any of the blame, and then get a wee crack at getting us yeah. back up. And it's, it's a very really similar situation. Yeah. It's a very similar situation to where we were a few years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You go down under Naismith, you've got a decent enough squad, you bring yourself back up. It's you know we've just had a, a few better better seasons than that recently, but you know it's it's a mirror image of where we were a few years ago. Hopefully it, it you know it's slightly different this time around than we stay up. But no, I think Gordon's right. It says there's an attractiveness to that to that job, no lose. So yeah, no, I think probably for him. I, I don't even know where Crawford lives. He's maybe relatively local as well. So it's he's, he's still in Fife, I believe. Yeah. Dunfermline. And you wouldn't take Count Meath because well, why would you? Why, why would you want to manage a Lowland League team? Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're, they're, they're gone, like, although yeah. they won on Saturday, didn't they? They're dead, got no, a good win. They're gone, sure. Still in? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Stenny shows you just string a few results together and you can get yourself a little bit up that table. That's going to be an interesting battle to watch because whoever finishes bottom, they could be in deep shit. Oh, yeah. I, I, think, I generally think nowadays, I think now whoever finishes bottom in League 2 will get relegated almost every year now. Yeah. Because you've got even coming up. We've talked about it before, but, you know, you're talking about two, you're guaranteed it's two ambitious teams head-to-head in the Highland Lowland League playoff. And then there's there's probably a gulf between bottom of League Two now and and the top of them in terms of, you know, the bottom of League Two. I I think whoever finishes bottom now will go consistently. In a year's time, you'll have Auchinleck Talbot in the Lowland League. And then you'll have one of the big West of Scotland teams coming in every year after that. It'll, it's going to get a lot tougher. At, at some point in the foreseeable future as well, you've got to think it's going to be automatic relegation for the bottom team. Oh. I think that has to come. Or just expand the leagues. Well, yeah, that, that's the sensible thing, Lee. Obviously, that's never going to happen. <laughs> no, of course not, because then we would get less Rangers versus Celtic. Yeah. I mean, that happen. that is the thing to do, because you've got these it's teams. Ne- but... It's never going to happen. Automatic relegation and then maybe second bottom has a playoff or something, then that makes it interesting. But anyway, that, that's for another day. Just a little bit more before we, we wind the show up. So let's get your three, two, ones then. I, I won't do it because I only watch the highlights, but we'll start with, with Lee. I said this on Saturday and somebody turned around and gave me a sort of strange look, but I was actually going to give Scott Mercer our three points on, on Saturday. Um, I thought he put in a great shift. I think every time he comes forward, he looks like he creates something. Um, I thought he did a decent job defensively on Saturday as well. And he's been probably one of our best players. Like the best way to uh, probably describe somebody, he reminds me a bit of Ewan Donaldson that he'll just give you a seven every game. Like he's steady, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, so gave him my, my three points. Um, my two points, um, I was going to give Keen Miller, who I thought put in a, a decent shift as well. Um, I, I just love how he puts himself about. He's not really a, a, afraid to stick a tackle in. Um, and obviously, you know, I had a big physical side um, and he, he put his shift in. 
Um, and a point I'm going to give to, to C. Higgins, um, who I thought did really, really well. And one of the things I was really glad to see from him is he wasn't just booting the ball up the park at every opportunity he got. A few times I've seen him bring, like, actually making some sort of short, sharp passes. Um, and he put in a couple of good tackles on, on Saturday as well. So there's mine. Pointing his fingers in the right direction this week. <laughs> Although I believe I believe um, that was dispelled that rumor. Um, yeah, that's why I didn't mention it earlier because. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was basically the, the, the East Fife TV team had looked back. Obviously, they'd let, left the camera running as the players were walking off the park, and um, all Higgins did was clap the fans. So, folks sometimes see what they want to see. What a bastard! Eh? Bastards. I know. Imagine clapping those bastards. <laughs> yeah, Doug, you're three uh, well, to I'm next. I, I'm going to give three to Danny Denham. And purely on, I thought his work rate was unreal. And he was absolutely exhausted when he got taken off. I just think in terms of, it's kind of what I said the other week about playing him left back in terms of, at least he's got an engine, he can get up, up and down. I thought, because I, I thought Murdoch looked a wee bit shaky early doors playing left back against Skugo, but I thought I thought Denham did a hell of a lot of work and 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 nothing to do with anything else apart from his off the ball work, which maybe says a lot about the sort of not not negativity, but you know what I mean. Anyway, um two points I'm gonna give to oh let me think, let me think. Two points I'm going to give to Kieran Miller as well. I agree with Lee I thought him and Davidson, who Davidson did his usual performance of gets right in there all the time, but his passing at times could be woeful. Um, but he, yeah, it was good to see him back. One I'm going to give to Semple because I thought he changed the game for us really in, when he came on him and Connell. And definite mentions to him. I thought Mercer was very good. I just think for that part he played in the goal we lost and skying over the bar gives him no points. But I thought he was very good. In general, I don't think there was anyone that you would look at and go, he was wash. So I, th- I think there was a lot of positive. See, I did, I just said that about Davidson. Um, I th- like, I, th- I think he definitely looked, and, and look, I'm not criticising the guy because he came back and first came back and, you know, and, and played a large part of that. In fact, he lasted the full 90, did he not? Yeah. Um, but he, some of his passing was, oh, wow, bad. But, you know, that's, that's going to happen. I think you just have to accept that with Davidson. Yeah. There's going to be two or three passes during the game where you're like, what the fuck was that? Um, I actually thought, I thought in terms of for his first game back, there was a couple of times in like injury time when he was like bombing in the tackle. So he's, he's obviously an extremely fit guy because for a first game back, I thought that side of him was very impressive. Yeah, I don't think there was any issues with his fitness, but see, sometimes like, accept your limitations and maybe make the two yard instead of the 20 yard. Um is probably the best piece of advice that I'm going to personally tell Stevie Crawford to say, look, go and just have a wee word in Ross's ears. <laughs> Do mine? Yeah. Very similar, very similar. Lee's three points for Scott Mercer. Um, yep, he was generally pretty solid and I think he was involved in a lot of the good attacking that we did, involved in the goal as well. Good game. Two points for C. Higgins, um, kind of back to kind of said he's he's maybe not been at his best for a wee while now, but I thought that was more him kind of back at his usual, won a lot of challenges, use of the ball was pretty good. And one point for Kieran Miller. Same as everyone else, good game, 
really solid in there, putting a good few tackles. I really like having him in there. So. I think we need to get a new nickname for for C Higgins and call him Chiggs. <laughs> Chiggins. Or Chiggins, yeah. <laughs> Chiggins and... Dickens? Dick- Diggins. <laughs> Chiggins and Diggins. <laughs> it, it, could be, it could be Yes Higgins, seeing as Spanish for Yes is C. Oh, well, we can tell somebody's been in Spain. Oh, look at me, me and my well, friend. Uh, actually, fifty percent of the podcast have just come back from Spain, so yeah, true. Wonderful I've not, I've not slagged MLS off this week, but I noticed uh, Ronnie Dyla got to the final of MLS. Good league. <laughs> he did. That's yeah. that's what a quality league it is. <laughs> to, to be fair, though, he was. Thanks for Dimega. We we shot winning the MLS actually. <laughs> Dela's New York City FC were playing a, against a team that had 11 players missing from COVID. You give me the finger there. Who? Oh! oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I've got a sharp nail. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, last couple of things then, just to, to round this off. So, some of the stuff that Stevie had said in his post-game thing that I like. He spoke about the desire that he's seen from the team and he said they were they were fighting in one direction, which I thought is a brave, brave move and I would pay money to, to see them fight one direction if they want to raise some money, get a new kind of audience in, in the stadium as well. But he talked about the team spirit and the honesty that he's seen from the players and he had players honestly saying if they felt they were fit enough to go or not. And I, I like that. If he's come in and he's he's demanded honesty and he's getting it, that, that's what we need going forward. There's going to be a transfer window coming up. We may or may not have money. The accounts were released today. We won't get too much into that because there's a little bit of confusion as to exactly how much money do we have sitting there because there's grants and there's loans and there's trading debt. The the AGM is coming up on Monday, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions answered in that uh, about exactly financially where the club are sitting. It does look, though, from first glance, that we do have some money there. So we could be busy in the January transfer market, depending on availability. We have to be. Well, that's like, what I, I was going to say. No like, maybe if there's a, like, what, what, what do we need? There, yeah. we, we need um, a creative midfielder, arguably another striker, a natural left back, a centre back, um, and oh. a lot of these passes. This, this is mounting up. <laughs> I I think it, I think it will be loans. I, I can't see us spending money. It's very hard to spend money in the lower leagues. I mean, how often how often do clubs buy players from other teams? It doesn't really happen very often. Uh, yeah, if we've got the money, we can. What, what's that? If we've got, got the, the money, money, we can. I know. But Make an I, offer I mean, they can't refuse for David Gurley. But if you think yeah. about it. In the last 10 years, how many times have we spent money on a transfer? Mm. I'd be surprised if it's more than five. Very surprised. Look, very, very quickly, going back to Crawford's interview, every single new manager in the world would have said the exact same thing. So it's not, that that doesn't do anything for me. I mean, he was obviously always going to say it, but you're never going to get a new manager coming and go, oh, yeah, I was disappointed in training on Tuesday. They never really sort of gave the role. And no reaction to them at all. Yeah, no reaction yeah, whatsoever. Fuck, why did I take this job? This I mean, was that, that, That's nightmare. a sign by every new manager there. Yeah, January, I think it'll be difficult. Like we said at the start, 
hopefully there's a wee bit of contacts in terms of getting some loans in. Um, or I mean, he's certainly got contacts in the game. So you have to yeah, no, hope no, that, he can that, call absolutely. some of those in. I would imagine that would have been one of the big reasons for appointment because I think whoever we appointed had to have contacts to get players in or we were in big trouble. But no, hopefully, and I, I, you know, look, if there is money and there's nominal fees to pay for players, then maybe we're able to do it. But I'd be surprised. I mean, Swanson coming back is going to be like having a new signing in some ways if he can stay healthy. Midfield for me is the is the big thing as well as, I, I guess, d- defence. But the the midfield, we need some guys that can help out the defence. We need some guys that can be more creative because I think we've got guys that will finish it off. Like in Simple and Connell, you give them chances. I think they'll bury them. Ryan Wallace as well. So midfield's definitely got to get strength and Swanson can do that. We just have to hope he can stay healthy. The thing is, is, is I actually don't think we need a defensive midfielder because we've a plethora of them. You know what I mean? You can put Davidson's fit now, so he helps with that. Miller does that. McManus does that. So I don't actually think we need that. I think that really, Connell, there's every chance he could get recalled in January because Kelly aren't exactly firing on all cylinders and obviously we've been bitten with that before. So I would would probably still like to see us bringing in a forward to really push these guys. because That's the worry about Connell. If he has a great December... All of a sudden, Kelly's like, oh, maybe we should bring this guy back. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely think that we're looking at bringing another striker in, personally. Um, I think that we need a creative midfielder. And Crawford likes to play with men typically on the wing, and we don't have any wingers. Mm. Um, so I think generally we're going to need to add somebody because Liam Watt nor Danny Denham are, are those players for me. Do we, do we know what was wrong with Wallace at the weekend? Well, that, that was li- something else I was going to say. It's like, can we rely on Wallace? I'm a little concerned with the kind of, he's in the squad, he's starting one week, he's not in the squad the next. I, I don't know if that's something to do with his well, work. He, was, he wasn't in the Banks of D squad no. either, I don't think. So Apparently he's feeling his calf. That's what I heard. Oh, I didn't know he was didn't a farmer. Was a farmer. Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Need to stop acting sheepish. Let's move on. Oh, don't have a cow, man. Yes. I just worry about his reliability at the moment. I Mm. didn't like his attitude the couple of games I've seen him play. I don't know. There's something about when Wallace is on, obviously, we know he's a great player, but I I just don't know where his head's at in terms of, you know, what what happened to him at the start of the season and all that. If if we can get him back and firing, we've got a great player. We know that, obviously. I think he clearly had a shit relationship with Darren. That's what I think. That's yeah. That's what kind of screams out at you. Mm -hmm. But then he did come back while Darren was there. So, but then maybe Darren built bridges with him and said, "Look, okay, we've had issues. Let's try and bury the hatchet for the better of the team. Because we're we're not letting your contract end, so you're not going anywhere else." Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he left in January. Well, he's a guy you could possibly get a good return for player or a bit of cash I, I think I think we can all agree that Ossie Bonsu will go in January oh please yeah no he will he'll definitely go in January or maybe so maybe up. Stevie Crawford unlights the, the fire in him or unleashes a, a monster no, no. I, I, I don't see it at all I, I think that'll free up a wee bit of cash because I don't think he'd come up here for Buttons. next to anything do you know what I mean um, 
The Swanson thing is another huge worry because we've talked about this for about a year and a half, maybe two years now, about the the enigma that is Danny Swanson. He would be a massive help, but I mean, he could come back for two games and then be out for the season. So that would that I, would be. A I wonder with Danny Swanson, Swanson if he fancies it. I I reckon if he's came here, meant this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, and is he just going? I really didn't fancy this. I, I don't think so. I, I think when we, when we spoke to him, he knew what he was coming to and he was up for the challenge. All professional footballers have had media training, eh? Um, so you've got to think of that. Like, I, like, I hope I'm wrong. I'm literally just playing devil's advocate because I really like him as a guy and he's a, I'm sure he's a great pro. But there's always that in the back of your mind is we haven't seen the best of him. He has we haven't seen him. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. is he going to retire at the end of the season though? Because he yeah. can't be stifling on a two-year deal. Now, if you're retiring in June, you know, how how much are you going to really put the effort in to get back, to come to come back for a relegation battle for a couple of months? Now, it's not a slight on Danny Swanson, it's just human nature. You know, if you're struggling with injuries and fitness and you're thinking, I'm packing in football in a few months. You know, well, I, I guess you don't know how the injuries have impacted his normal life as well yeah, because he might be like, ah, oh, this is not worth it. I'd be incredibly surprised if he didn't retire at the end of the season. You're, you're, you're also talking about a guy who played at a very good level and his career has been completely blighted by injuries. Hmm. So coming doing part-time training, all that side of it, it's probably not helped him, to be totally honest. I, hopefully we see him back and hopefully he can make an impact because we definitely agree we could do with somebody like that. Yeah, he, he could be the guy that this, saves our season. Really? Absolutely. Because we, we need a guy uh, like that. Clyde's got good willy. Swanson could be our good willy. He could end with a swan son of his uh, career. Oh, very oh, good. This show is honestly <laughs> shit. Pretty much. I'm sure you started all this, Washley. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have all your semen oh, jokes next week. Oh, I'm looking forward to Peterhead and the fish jokes. Come on, you know you can't have it both ways. Gobble, yes, I gobble, can. Gobble. My show. It's my show. Okay. <laughs> So, Gordon, let's just get some sanity to end this. What would you like to see in the, the coming weeks from, from Crawford's team, apart from wins? Like, Just what are you wanting to see on the pitch? Um, It's difficult because I think a lot of what, what I want to see is first, concentrate being hard to beat. First, like, first game, tick, done that. You know, there's there's other games to come. So it's, what I want to see is is us not giving up, not conceding easy goals. Now, whether we win, lose, or draw, or some combination over the next few games, if you can look back at it and go, you know, we weren't rolled over. You know, nobody's getting an easy three points from us. That's the start you want. Now, you know that that might take a few weeks to kind of bed in and get us a bit of confidence back but for me that's you know first few games say up to january that's what i want to see i want to see us being tough to beat not conceding goals yes points are incredibly important and you know three points would be massive uh next week but in terms of performances and what we're doing <clears throat> that's what i want to see and um, in terms of maybe being a bit better going forward and maybe you know playing a bit better football that comes after just make us hard to beat see if we can just start picking up you know games that we maybe just would have faded out of can we can we hang in and get a point um games where 
you know, we're maybe slightly the better team or it's kind of 50-50, can we nick wins in um, because we're sticking in the game and we're not conceding easy goals and, you know, we're not letting our heads drop. To me, that's that's the big thing for the first month or so. I think for me, it's just show fight. Every game show fight. That's why I love the first half on Saturday. To be honest, as a home fan, you probably shouldn't have loved the first half on Saturday because we barely touched the ball. But I loved it because every player was busting their arse to try and get the ball, to try and win the ball back. There was a identity to what we were trying to do. And we said it all along. We said it ages ago. If we go down, as long as we go down fighting, then you can accept, you can kind of accept it. It's the game's getting turned over like Montrose away. You're in the game and suddenly you're 4-1 down or 4-0 down. That's the sort of thing that we need to stop. And I think going by that showing we will stop that. There might be an occasional one here or there where we get turned over, but just show a bit of fight and make us go to games that maybe you're feeling like, you know, against anyone, we might nick some and we might win. A quick yes or no then, and I'll, I'll do yes. this at oh, the sure. end of January as well once the transfer window is closed, but right now, Lee, does Crawford keep us up? Do you want me to go first? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh well, me to go first or the answer? Is your answer yes? Yes, via the playoffs. Oh. Douglas. Right now, I'm going to have to say no because of a lack of quality. Gordon. Um, I'm going to say yes, but I'm, I'm right in that... 50 50. It's so difficult, but I'm just going to say yes to be optimistic. I'm, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying yes, slightly via the playoffs. If we lose to Peterhead on Saturday, I think my answer would be no. Okay, I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't see that happening, but uh, that's good. We've got some optimism. That's what we want because it's going to be really, if, if we get cut adrift, the rest of this season doing these shows is going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the fans and attendance and folk listening and doom and gloom. If but, Crawford keeps us up, it's as good an achievement as any league title yeah. we won. Yeah. In my opinion. And he should be heralded for that because if he manages to keep us up with the dross that's littered through our squad, um, then I think he should be, he should definitely be applauded for it. But I think it, it depends. Like my answer's based on the fact that I think he'll make us harder to beat. I think we'll pick up more points um, I think that will strengthen in January. I think that because I, I equally think that with the money, if the money that we know we've got in the bank now, the board have got to be looking at this going, if we don't invest and we don't bring in players, now whether that means paying fees for them or not, we're going to lose out on a lot of money because Falkirk bring good fans, Aloha bring good fans. You know, it, I, I, like I've heard more fans singing at Bayview this year than I have any other season. There seems to be a the, the fans are, are actually being a wee bit louder. Um, then we've got potentially um, a, a team like maybe Morton coming down or Dunfermline maybe even. There's, you know, even Cove, Queen's Park are bringing um, a lot of fans now. The amount of money we would lose if we went down would be enough to make the board wet their pants a bit. So I think that we're going to invest in January. I trust that Crawford will know who he wants and what he needs and he'll want to get it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's investing in in your future, obviously. Yeah. 
But if you go down, you've got trips to Stranraer, you've got trips to trips to Elgin. Whoever might possibly replace Cowdenbeath. So that's more expense, and these are teams that aren't going to bring lots of fans, as Lee says. So some optimism. Let's hope that continues. Let's finish on a real high, though, because next week at Bayview, Archie God returns. I maybe he's going to be the assistant. Buzzing. Maybe I Stevie's am, assistant. Who knows? But I am buzzing beyond words. Honestly, I am so excited. So, Lee, you wanted to say um, a few words about that and get some requests out for some questions and stuff for the, the fans? Yeah, so obviously David Tanner's going to be hosting the, the majority of the event. I think he'll ask a lot of um, the, sort of the funny stories and I'm sure they'll have a, a well-rehearsed routine. But what I want from you guys, I mean, the whole point about this podcast was sort of bringing us closer to the club. Um, and this is a chance for you to ask the questions that you've always wanted to know the answer to. I mean, Stephen, uh, Stevie Archibald left maybe under a sort of cloud, if you want to call it that way. Why did he really leave? Is there any questions that you really want to know the answers to? Please email them in. You've got a week. Um, I want to have my questions um, written up by Monday. Um, so I really need your, any questions that you've got. I'll go through them all, but you've got until Monday to send them in. So just email them in to us, not Twitter, please. Um, gold at gmail.com Just to throw mine out there just now Did he encourage a player strike? That's my big question Yeah Do you think he'll answer questions like that though? We're going to put them think... No, no, no Because obviously they'll vet the questions before it starts So it's not like any can be thrown out I'd be very surprised if there's any chat about that I, 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 hope, I hope for the sake of it there is in many ways But I'd be really surprised if there was much of that I think he could play it really clever because he's writing his book mm. and he could be like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll spill some of the tea because I'll then, then encourage fans to buy his book. So you've got, there's every chance. Um, he's, I've not been told that I need to send my questions into him at this stage anyway. Obviously that can change. And he um, must know he did leave and it was a controversial time. So there's going to be questions. I mean, he might, he, might as well, he might think as well, it was 25 years ago, don't care anymore. Yeah. I'll, I'll say what I want. What's he got to lose, really? He, he maybe, yeah, I know, absolutely. I, 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 I mean, I'll put, I'm gutted. I can't go. Genuinely gutted. I think it'll be a great night. I am um, too. Obviously, I couldn't yeah. anyway. But I, I hope to be able to get the the stream. What time does it start? Um, starting at seven thirty. I've not got this the stuff down in front of me, but perfect. I'm, I'm just waiting on getting answers from Liam Anderson because East Five TV are recording it. Now, whether we stream it or they maybe charge uh, a price to, to download it or whatever, um, but it, it will be available. Unfortunately, it won't be available as a podcast because I do not have the technical nous um, to make that happen. If any of our listeners do have the technical nous to make that happen, I would absolutely love to have that um, and be able to upload it. Um, I can make that happen. Yeah. If, they, if they're recording it for East 5 TV, I'll just rip, I can rip the audio and do a podcast. Well, let's see if we can make that happen then. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing you all at um, Bayview on the Thursday the 16th. Um, for those of you that didn't get a ticket, hopefully you'll be able to stream it. And if not, maybe in a few months' time, we'll be able to get that as a podcast for you as well. I'm really glad it's sold out because it's always a risk when you do something like this as to whether folk want to, to put their yeah. hands in the pocket. But I think it just shows how much Archie is still thought of at Bayview. 
Yeah. And he is a guy that hasn't really spoken about his time at the club that I've seen anywhere. A couple of little things maybe afterwards and in the sun and stuff after he left, but he's not really spoken about that time. But it's not even just his time at East Fife. This is a guy that went to play in, in for Barcelona. He's played at World Cups. He's the only player that's been on Top of the Pops twice in the same evening singing a song. I think the reason I'm going about to be honest, I'd be going more for that, not the top of the pops, more for his career as opposed to these five stuff, to be totally honest with you. It's not often you get sort of a bona fide Scottish football legend talking at, at Bayview for one. So I think most people, especially of that generation, will be going to, you know, to hear stories about Barcelona and Spurs and all that stuff as opposed to why did you sign Craig Demand? Yeah, his his autobiography should be fascinating. He should have had it out for Christmas because I think that would have been a good seller for him. Still, still writing it, mm. still writing it from what I believe. But no, really, really looking forward to it. And look, that this event honestly has literally made me or the podcast zero dollars. Literally, the ticket sales have covered the cost of bringing him over. Um, so if it's the sort of thing that that these really enjoy. Whoever he's won, I'll, I'll do my best to to make it, you know, maybe once every six months we try and bring somebody that you really want to see to Bayview. Um, it's, please bear in mind that it is uh, me losing my virginity at hosting an event, so if anything goes wrong, take it easy on me. I'm not going to say a devil. Ever. But, um, Ever. Yeah, hopefully you all have a good night and tell your friends. That's a, a pretty good way to finish this show, but we, we will finish in our usual way. We'll just go around everyone. Any final thoughts that you have? Anything you want to share? Any fun things that you've seen this week? Gordon. We didn't do a let's all laugh at, but... No, because I didn't know if you guys would have had one, but if you've got one, chuck it in now. I assume there is a very clear winner here after the result. Queen's Park 6, Falkirk 0. So once again, Falkirk are the team to laugh at. It's a poison chalice. Like you talk about why would someone want to come into East Fife just now? Why would someone want to go into Falkirk? Because you've got a very, very short rope that you're you're dealing with there at the moment. Their AGM's happening right now. Oh. And someone's live tweeting it. Oh. Judging by how their last thing went, which was a comedy effect of the year, that was one of the funniest things in Scottish football. There was a a great comment on Pine Bovril that I seen that somebody said... um, was it something like, oh, that was a statement from Queen's Park, not a question? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Love it. I, I didn't I didn't actually realise did she even get sacked today? Yesterday? Yesterday. And what is Holt still there? For the time being. Be, that'll be the big I part know. of the problem that a manager going in there is dealing with all these idiots. Yeah. Balloons. Yeah, no, in terms of let's all laugh at there's I mean that's that is the only possible option. I, I couldn't believe it. Sitting, trying to look at my phone while freezing my nether regions off, trying to hold the phone, just going, holy shit, it's been six no <laughs> Yeah, very, very funny. Yeah, even as bad as we've been this year, we haven't shipped six goals. Close. No. Yeah. Um, there's, there's one more um, that I had that I was a bit... I'm going to say let's all laugh at St. Johnson. Um, not for just their performance at the weekend, but more for the season that they're having. Um, currently third bottom um, of the Premier League. 
Um, just a point ahead of Livingston in 11th and three points ahead of Ross County in last. But to win a league and Scottish Cup double um, last season and then to be languishing towards the bottom of the table is a pretty spectacular fall from grace. And, you know, probably Calum Davidson had a, a good few job offers um, in the summer last year and probably should have left while his stock's high. Because right now there's a really good chance that they could get dragged into a serious relegation fight. It just shows you, you wonder if Jason Kerr even had a massive impact on them oh, defensively. It will have. And now they've lost David Witherspoon as well for a, a big chunk. I was going to be speaking to David Witherspoon for, because he plays for Canada, weirdly. But now he's a big loss to them as well. Yeah. So you, you've got another guy that's probably going to be out for the season. And I don't like to laugh at St. John's because I've got a bit of a soft spot for them because of their... I still think of them as a small team that are really punching above their weight. I don't know if they, they really are or not, but their cup double last year was one of the highlights of Scottish football for me. Agreed. I, I'm, I'm not saying, like, as in let's laugh at them, but it's pretty interesting to... It's a big fall for Grace, yeah. Yeah, have a look at the cinch and see what's happening. Mm. Can, can I have a very last quick comment about sure. uh, this, the Scotland World Cup draw? Oh um, yes! Just, just very quickly, uh, I'm quite pleased with it. I think, I think, I think it's uh, excellent. Are, I think Ukraine are a team on the up, but anyone at home, I think we've got a real chance. And I, I would fancy us against Wales or Austria at least to have a, you know, a real go at it. If you'd got like a Portugal or Italy away, it's it's kind of, you know, a bit futile. Mm, can can futile someone explain to me how? I, like, I, I genuinely don't understand how we're the second seed. But we we have to play the final away from home. I would have thought we were at home for the semi and the final. The semi the semi finals oh. were seeded, and once you got into your four, the who had the home tie was just drawn out of a hat. Oh right, that's disappointing. Totally nah. should have done it by who was highest. Yeah, in the, two two games at Hamden, yeah. I would have been a hundred percent confident. I, I I'm you confident. Would take Wales at Cardiff. Yeah, oh, you would absolutely take me- memories of Joe Jordan. And then, sadly, the Jock Steen game as well. But, I mean, we've done it before, so... I fancy us, um, especially because apparently Russia are away to invade Ukraine. Um, yeah, it's looking British, like that. <laughs> yeah, British intelligence have picked that up. So, hopefully, they'll get like called up for national service or something and we just get a bye. Mm, if we can get that. Russia to invade Wales as well, then that'd be great. <laughs> and maybe yeah. Austria, just in case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I mean, Austria aren't great. You know, Gareth Bale FC, he's injury prone. If he gets injured, then really you fancy yourself. So, yeah. yeah. There's the Clyde of international football. <laughs> More than the hammer and sickle. Yeah, something like that. Thank you for listening. We will be back soon. Follow us on the socials at Glory Days of Gold on Twitter. You can get us at glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. Please send in your questions for Steve Archibald. We'll try and get through as many of those as we can next week. And thank you for your support all season long. Please support Stevie Crawford. He's got a tough job on his hands. Let's just get right behind him and try and get this team out of this relegation battle by the end of the season. Hopefully we can. Thank you for listening. Take care. Stay safe. And mon the fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. 
the atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.